If you decided to listen to this week's message of Dr. Day Central, we know that Jesus has placed something on your heart. So let's dive in. So with that being said, we're in week two of our series called Come As You Are. Everybody say, Come As You Are. Oh, you're alive. Look alive. Tell me, what is your favorite takeaway? Your favorite takeaway. Think about it for a moment. Yeah, yeah, come on the health, guys. I know you do takeaway every now and then. Just think about your favorite takeaway. Okay, tell the person next to you, what's your favorite takeaway? I want you to more than tell them. I want you to convince them why it is the best takeaway. Why it is so good. Great. Now that I see some convincing has been happening and some people are like, after this church, then it's like at 12 o'clock, it's McDonald's time. Yeah. Or KFC. Well, if you were wondering, my favorite burger is by far the McFeast Deluxe from McDonald's. It tastes like bright flakes. It's amazing. I really do enjoy that. If you don't believe me, come and see. I will take you and you can discover that goodness. So, why the question about what do you love to enjoy today? We're actually talking about that invitation. Jesus saying, come and see. Um, come and taste. See for yourself that God is good. That's kind of the journey that we're on. And in our series called Come As You Are, we're tackling this truth that Christianity, Jesus, he himself meets us where we are and he invites us exactly the way we are. There's no news of get myself ready, come to Jesus, you know, sort out my life, and then only will I go to church, or then only will I sort out my, and then I can come to God. That is religion. Jesus came to kill religion. Jesus started a brand new thing called relationship with the Father. And on this journey, last week, we looked at how Jesus did that and that he invites us to him. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. You will finally have rest. No longer working, no longer effortlessly trying to get to God. Now just rest in the fact that I'm here. I came close. And then when we come to Jesus, and that's what we're going to be discovering over the next three weeks, there's also an invitation in this relationship for us. Jesus invites you to always come and... So not just come to me, but come and, come and drink, come and dine. And today we're going to look at come and see. And to do that, we're going to look at a story in John chapter 1. And I'm going to read it with you guys. You can walk with me through the story. It's going to be on the screen. If you want to read in your own Bible, I'm reading out of the NIV translation. But you can walk with me through this. And it's about Jesus inviting disciples, people, guys that were skeptics, sometimes even laughed at him for where he came from, to come and see for himself. Come and see for yourself. So let's read from verse 35. The next day, John, that is John the Baptist, he was there again with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. And then when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, that means teacher, where are you staying? Come, Jesus replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent that day with him. It is about the 10th hour 
when Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. And the very first thing after Andrew saw this miraculous moment, basically, what he did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found him. We found the lamb. We found the Messiah. We found the one that will save the world. 42. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John, and you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. Just take note, Jesus calls what he sees in us. So here we have Simon, which means sand, and in that sand he sees a rock. Says Peter, come. Verse 43, the next day Jesus decided to leave Galilee, finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. And Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip then found Nathanael, and he told him, do you see a pattern happening? It's Andrew finding Peter, and now it's Philip finding Nathanael. So he found Nathanael, he told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? <laughs> Can anything good come from Nazareth? It's almost like Bloemfontein. It's basically the same story. Okay. You guys all know what I'm talking about. Nathaniel asked, and then Philip replied, Well, you don't believe me that a Big Mac's the beast? Come, come and see. Come and see for yourself. Come and see. And then when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. And then Nathanael, How do you know me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip even called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You shall see greater things than that. And then he added, truly, I tell you, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And we're going to only read that far for today. Great story. Lots of interesting questions. And this story centers around the idea of Jesus inviting us to come and see. Right there where you are, where he finds you, there's an invitation. Come and see for yourself. And then we see that igniting something in someone's heart, both Philip, both Andrew's hearts, and they went to go and invite other guys. Guys, you never guess what I discovered. Come and see. What I want to do for the rest of our time together is I want to dive into this idea of come and see and just ask the question, what does it mean when we come to see for ourselves? What would it look like if you come and see? What's in that invitation from Jesus' side? And I believe there are four things. So the first thing that we're going to uncover and just unpack a little bit, to come and see means to come and think, to come and do research to come and evaluate and examine the evidence, to come and see, see the evidence for yourselves. I don't know about you, maybe you grew up in the same kind of 
religious world that I grew up in. And in that world, it's Christianity is a blind leap of faith. It's no seeing. It's only just like, you don't understand. You just need to take a blind leap of faith. No evidence, no journey through that. And guys, can I just say, if you've ever heard that story, that's not Jesus. Jesus is not afraid of us asking tough questions and journeying through those questions. In fact, he invites us to come and see, to come and examine the evidence, to switch on our brains and to come and see whether he is who he said he is, whether what he speaks is truth or not truth. Come and see and then place your trust. So after you've examined the evidence of me, there's an opportunity to place your faith in me. And then there's lots of amazing stuff happening. But to come and see is the invitation to come and examine, to come and think. Why would you actually want to come and examine the life of Jesus? Well, I can just maybe give you two references. The one is an academic one. A great scholar C.S. Lewis said the following about Jesus. He says, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if it's true, is of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. You know that statement that most people make about Jesus? Yeah, he's a good teacher. Great moral values. I like it. But the moment he speaks about the son of God thing, you know, oh, it's a weird guy. But the cool stuff, I like that. So that's the moderate approach. It's, in fact, if you take advice, good quality moral advice from a guy that calls himself God, I question your capacity. <laughs> To evaluate whether people can give you sound advice. Are you with me in this? I see you guys are not getting what I'm saying. Okay, let me for a moment get your attention. Imagine with me tomorrow your brother wakes up. Calls you. Tells you. You never guess what. But I am God. Sent in the flesh. You know that brother that irritates you 24-7. What are you going to look at? You're going to like... Crazy guy, crazy person. So would you take any advice from that guy? You would say, lunatic. So therefore, Christianity, Jesus, is either a lunatic and of no importance, or if he said what he said and it's true, and he is the son of God, then what he says is of infinite importance. You hear what I'm saying here? Okay. Secondly, if that reference doesn't help you too much, maybe you're more pop culture. Um, this is what Time Magazine says. Time Magazine claimed that Jesus is the most influential person to ever love. That's not a church, guys. Just want to say this. That's the world looking at the person of Jesus Christ and saying there has not been a figure walking on this planet that had a greater impact on how we live today than Jesus Christ himself. That is insane hearing that about a poor carpenter from Nazareth. What good can come from Nazareth? Okay, so maybe you're sitting here, you're hearing for the first time, I can go and investigate the life of Jesus. And you're asking the question, Lorraine, I really want to do this. I want to openly look at the facts. I've been against Christianity. Um, somebody dragged me in here for the first time. I really didn't want to come, but I'm here now. Okay, but I'm hearing something. Maybe I should go. And with intellectual integrity, at least say, that I reject Jesus. Where do I find the evidence? I mean, where's Jesus' flat? How do we go to his house and check the things out? I'm like, I'm glad you asked. Because we actually have beautiful documents documenting 
Jesus and his life, and it's called the four Gospels. And those Gospels are not just some nice, how do I say this, <clears throat> some nice fairy tale. It's actually historical documented evidence of when Jesus walked on this planet. And it's not the same kind of evidence that you would find when you go to the science lab in a little bottle. No, this is other evidence that we also examine, but we examine that in a courtroom. And Alphonse would be able to tell you a lot about that evidence because based on that eyewitness testimony, you make a decision on what happened and what did not happen. And here we have an astounding amount, as you guys will see just now, of evidence regarding that Jesus lived and that he said who he said, that he is who he said he was. And that is unbelievably big. So if you don't believe me, I got a nice professor from far away and he will tell you all the facts. So quickly check that out and then I'm going to share some comments on it. Examines a number of copies of early texts that we have available to us today. And it looks at the time gap between the original document and the earliest copy that we have. And basically, the more manuscripts we have and the earlier they are, the less doubt there's going to be about the original. So let's compare the Bible to other texts in ancient history, ones that are widely used in schools and universities. Let's look at the Greek historians Herodotus and Thucydides. They both wrote in the 5th century BC. But the earliest copy of their writings that we have dates from AD 900. That makes a 1,300-year time lapse. Even then, we only have eight copies of these manuscripts in the first place. Or look at the Roman historian Tacitus. There's a thousand-year gap between his book being written and our first manuscript, and we only have 20 copies. Or another classic, Caesar's Gallic War, 950 years between the book being written and our first manuscript copy even then nine or ten copies of these manuscripts. Again, with Livy's famous history of Rome, a 900-year gap between the book being written and our first manuscript, and we only have 20 copies of this. But when it comes to New Testament, well, it's very different. The New Testament was written between about 40 and 100 AD, and we have manuscript evidence going back as early as 130 AD, and full manuscripts by 350 AD. And we have more than 5,300 Greek manuscripts, 10,000 Latin translations, and 9,300 others. So, you know, we can be pretty confident in the accuracy, the authenticity, and the integrity of the New Testament scriptures that have been passed down to us today. The remarkable thing about the Bible is there's such a short chronological distance between the event we described and our first manuscripts. So in many ways, the Bible scholars are in a very fortunate position of being able to check these things out and finding that they are much more reliable than, for example, some of the originals And as a scholar, I am more than happy to say, I trust this, I take it very, very seriously, I rely on it. Amen, eh? Quite exciting stuff when you see that. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the Bible measures up. The Gospels measures up, and like there's nothing that gets close to the staggering amount of evidence that we have for the life of Jesus and what he did. And um, let me just say that by just looking at this video, I hope you realizing this big truth. 
just the sheer amount of copies. And that's the only thing we have in ancient history like that before the invention of the printing press. There is not an event that ever took place that was written and copied as much as about the life of Jesus Christ. Guys, I'm talking about a poor carpenter right there in the backyard of, of um, the Roman Empire, the, actually the dump of the Roman Empire. Nobody wanted to go there. And this one man's life is written and copied so much that it doesn't even compare to a whole empire's history, let alone Caesar Augustus. What does that tell you? It tells you that something happened here that's a miracle. And by the way, if you were wondering why the printing press was invented, it was to copy <laughs> this man's journey, the Bible. That's the heart behind it. So the evidence is astounding. It's staggering. And the invitation is for you to come and think about it. Read it through. See the facts and journey with it. You'll see it's grounded. It's an event in history. It's not a blind leap of faith. Number two, come and follow. Come and see as you discover, you'll discover that Jesus invites you to come and see for a purpose. Come and see so that you can come and follow. And he invites us to follow. Just quickly two things on follow. I've said this many times, but I believe there are quite a few people that's not heard this before. When Jesus invites us to follow him, it is not Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter following. <laughs> okay? Let me explain what that means. In today's world, follow means I like you or I follow whatever you say. And then I just read it. And I'm informed about your life the whole time. Like, have you guys seen the new video on Instagram running and making the rounds? Have you seen this? Da, 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 da. And we talk about the stuff that we are informed of. Now, and many times Christians follow Jesus like that. They, they just follow because they are informed. They speak Christianese. That's not what Jesus meant when he said, follow me. He doesn't say get a nice vocab and speak Christianese. He meant leave what you're doing. Stop being a fisher of fish. Peter, walk with me, go where I'm going, and become a fisher of men. You do as I do, you go where I go. It's an act of leaving your old world behind, your old life behind. Why? Because you're now a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's the heart behind it. So that's follow. Follow means come with him. It's real. It's genuine. It's the ultimate adventure that you can never go on. It will transform your life forever. Thirdly, come and see means to come and process process with other friends we see that in our story as well we see this invitation of philip and nathaniel and andrew and peter and they start talking about they have conversations about jesus and what they're discovering what they're seeing what they're finding can i tell you that if you're sitting in this room and you're not connected to a community a community group a group of people that you are processing with as you discover jesus you're missing out way big that's all i want to say that's the place where your life changes upside down. You might walk out of here and feel, wow, it was so good. Worship was great. Preaching was average. It was lacquer. But I'm missing out on something. Let me tell you what you're missing out on. You're missing out on discovering Jesus through the eyes of other people as they also witness to who he is and what he's doing in their life. You know, you get to discover your friends, especially a group of friends. You get to discover each individual in that group way better through the eyes of some other friends and not just your own.
And it's super important to come and see with others. Just a quick little note. If you may be sitting here and you're knowing God is calling you in this season, he's placing someone in your heart, and you need to be a Philip today for a Nathaniel or an Andrew for a Peter. So asking you to go and get somebody and process a little bit with them. Can I give you three pieces of advice? Be very patient. Jesus is fine. He's Ill. Love is patient. Be very patient. You might see something which they don't see yet. Like, John, there's the lamb, guys. There's the lamb. Guys, are you getting it? There is the lamb. Guys, just check with me. There's the lamb. Be patient until the Holy Spirit reveals. So be patient. Secondly, be courageous. Your friends might ask the toughest questions in the world. And be honest in that moment. Like, I don't know all of them. Let's discover them together. Let's get anyone else into this journey. But you have to have courage. They might even have questions like, why would a good God do bad things? How do I answer that? It's a lot of stuff that we still need to discover. If you've ever wondered what is the answer, God never promised comfort. Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, take courage. I have overcome this world. Yes, so that's not Jesus, but Jesus gives us the means to go through the trouble. Absolutely. Any case. Thirdly, be humble. So beautiful this moment when Nathaniel, just like, he's like out there. He's not stressed about saying things as he wants to say it. So in a moment without thinking, he's the no-filters guy. I don't know if you have, have, if you have people like that, no-filters. They just say whatever that comes up. And Nathaniel had a little moment like that when he heard Jesus came from Nazareth. He's like, what? Nazareth? What can you have Nazareth? And I can imagine in that moment how Philip immediately must be like questioning. Guys, am I stupid for believing that a guy from Nazareth is actually the future king of the world? Can I, can I even believe that? Am I okay with that? And I, I'm telling you, you're going to hear some questions and you're going to be thrown maybe. The reality is, is he was humble to say, yes, I know. I probably was in the same space that you were when I heard he came from Nazareth. But I saw and he changed my world upside down. Come, come and check. See the same thing that happened to me. Come and experience Jesus himself. Number four. So firstly, come and think. Secondly, come and follow me. Do as I do. Thirdly, come and process with others and discover me. And lastly, come and stand in wonder of who I am. <laughs> that's like where Jesus lands at you with these guys. And the first one is kind of like the Peter moment that we see when Jesus calls him rock, you know. And um, in this adventure that Jesus gives us, I wrote it down like this. It's like Jesus is saying, I'm calling you into adventure so wonderful that it's beyond your wildest imagination. You could never dream what you're going to discover if you come with me on this journey. And in this text, we only have two places that I quickly want to point out to you guys. The first thing that we discover, the first adventure, is the adventure of personal transformation. If you journey with Jesus, you're going to discover things about yourself that you never even thought possible. You would never even see it in yourself, never ever. In fact, Jesus is an expert at this. He always calls what he sees in us what we would never see in ourselves. Simon. Like sand. And I think his name, he lived very well up to it. 
Because he's like saying, one day is there, one day is there. It's like those emotional roller coasters. And I'm not going to say anything else no, now, but you know what I'm talking about. So like, Wah! and then my sword is out. And then next month, I will never betray you, Jesus. And then, oh, I'm cowering because a little slave girl tells me I'm with Jesus and I can't even stand up to a little girl. So he's like all over the place. And Jesus looks at him and he says, no, 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 no. I see in you a rock. You know, there's another story in the Bible that I shared in the first service that reminds me so much of this moment. It's Gideon. Do you know, if you don't know the story of Gideon, Gideon is uh, actually a guy filled with great cowardice. He is like, yeah, I don't, I don't even know if I can say this word from the council, so let me rather not do that. But he's really like one of those guys, he's afraid of everything. We find Gideon thrashing wheat in a barn. Now, I know when I say that, it just like goes over everybody's head because you have no idea what I'm talking about. So let me explain for a moment. When you're threshing wheat, what would happen is you would separate the wheat kernels, the heavy stuff in your wheat from all of the chaff. That's like the, the little skins that's around that wheat so that you can grind the wheat and make some nice bread. Okay, so that's the process of threshing wheat. But how you would do it in the olden days is you would throw up the wheat with all of that chaff in it and wind would come and it would blow away all the light little chaff and then the wheat would come down and you would catch that again. And that's how you would separate this. So a key ingredient to threshing wheat is airflow. <laughs> you need good ventilation, like solidly good ventilation. And here we find this man so afraid of the enemies of Israel at that stage that he's not even having the guts to thresh wheat outside of a barn. He's closing the barns. By the way, doors closed. No airflow. <laughs> and then what does God do when he meets this coward? He looks at him and he says, Gideon, mighty man of valor. I'm choosing you. You're going to lead these guys. You're going to set my people free from their enemies. I wonder if God is maybe speaking to you today. Came to see. And there's some stuff that you could never see in yourself. And God looks at you and he says, mighty man of valor. I see more in you than what you could ever see in yourself. And as you hear his words, it starts transforming you. It changes you from the inside out. There is a making you a fisher of men. The second big adventure that we're going on is the adventure of getting to know Jesus for who he really is. And I know if I say this, you guys might be sitting there and saying, oh, well, Lorraine, that's obvious. Isn't this whole thing about knowing you? Let me just tell you guys how significant this is. I don't think we always realize how big this moment is. You know, we all have this one verse that we quote so quickly. If you grew up in church, you would probably know it. John 3, 16. I didn't put it up there. It goes something like this. For God so loved the world that he yeah. only son, so that whomever would be, will not perish, but they will have eternal life. And that's what church is about. Put your faith in Jesus and you're going to go to heaven. The problem with that is, we miss what eternal life actually means. John 17 verse 3 says, not putting it up on the board because I want you guys to remember this one. <laughs> this is eternal life, that you would know the Father and the one who he has sent, Jesus. What is heaven? 
What is eternal life? What is the prize of Christianity? Is it a place somewhere or is it a person that you get to know? Jesus. That's heaven. That's the adventure. You get the opportunity to know the creator of the universe, the one for whom nothing is impossible. And by the way, he says, I'm with you wherever you go. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus is right here, right next to you, right now, the one for whom everything is possible? Nothing is impossible. He's with you. Do you live like that? Or do you like, Jesus, please, 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 help me, help me. I mean, please just gaze upon me. He's with us every single moment. The treasure of Christianity is to get to know him. And in this little story at the end with Nathaniel, so we had our Peter moment, God seeing something in you and you're transforming. But now we have our Nathaniel moment and he discovers that Jesus is far more than just a nice prophet that can see something under a tree and see something in him. Jesus goes further and he says, listen, you will see greater things. And then he goes into this and he refers to a little story. It's in verse 51. He says, he added, truly, I tell you the truth. Actually, the words that Jesus uses there is amen, amen. But we don't know what to do with it in the context. But he says, amen, amen. And by the way, before I read further, Jesus is doing something radical for his day and age. Because you would never use the word amen to concur or to make sure that your statement is truthful. You would come and bear witness, and then people around you would say, oh, we witnessed that, amen. Yes, that's true, amen. It's a way of saying, yeah, that, what that guy said, it's the truth, like I do today, you guys. There we go. So there you go. So it's always something we say to say, yes, I agree, that is the truth. Now Jesus says, amen, amen, to his own statement. He's saying, I'm the witness to what I'm about to say here. I tell you guys the truth, the great truth, and here it is. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on. Everybody say on. Jesus says on the Son of Man. What's Jesus doing? He's using an Old Testament story and he's saying there's a little story going on and this story is actually a story about me. This story points to me. And the story goes like this. Jacob is sleeping one night at Bethel, and there he has a dream. And at that space where he has a dream, he sees a massive big staircase going up to heaven. You can imagine that sight. And on that staircase, he sees angels coming down and up and down, ascending and descending. And you know, in essence, what Jacob is seeing, even though he's a little bit overwhelmed by this, and sometimes we're like, what weird stuff is this? Jacob knows at least two things. Firstly, angels are with God. Man is no longer with God because we sinned and we were banished from paradise. We're no longer in the garden. But here he sees angels that belongs with God coming up and down the staircase. And it's connecting to where we are, man. Second thing that he sees is a staircase. So what is he seeing? He's seeing there is a way open to God. He says, wow, guys, <laughs> I'm seeing that there is a possibility, a way open. It's in this place. He doesn't even really know what to do with this, but he just sees a future promise, even if he doesn't realize it at that moment, that there is going to be a space where there will be someone that is going to be a way and will open up the way to God. And that's why Jesus says, you will see the angels not descending from or to 
He's saying, on the Son, Jesus positions himself as the staircase. He's saying, guys, how do you get in on this eternal life? How do you get to enjoy this great adventure that will transform the greatest weakness that you've ever seen in yourself? Just one of the elements. I mean, there's so much more. But into the greatest strength. And how will you be able to be reunited for the person that you were created to live with? One way and one way only. Me. I am the way in. I am the way. I am the truth and the life. And when you come and see, when you come and think for yourself, do the evidence. When you start to follow Jesus, when you start to process him with other people, you might come to the space where you stand in wonder and realize that God loves you so much that he opened up a way by dying so that you might have life and have it in abundance. Let's pray. Dad, today as we are looking at these amazingly big truths, and there are people sitting here that need to take a step. If you are hearing, you need to take a step and say, I want to start investigating. I want to pray for you for a moment. There's a few people that's on my heart. But I want to start investigating the truth of Jesus. I've only heard about this blind leap of faith. If you are here, please just quickly put up your hand. You can let it go down again. Okay. Secondly, if you are here today, I want to pray for both of you guys. Firstly for that. Secondly, if you are here and you know you need to start processing Jesus with other people and you've been doing this Christian thing alone, I want you to open up your hands. Just put up your hands quickly for me. I want to see if there's anybody like that. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Dad, for every hand that's up and for every heart that's crying out to whatever you want to do now, whether it is to guide them through your spirit to start investigating the truth about who you are, or whether it is just to take that step and get connected. Jesus, there's an opportunity. There's so many people around us sitting here that wants to journey and discover you together. I pray that these relationships and people that you're connecting them with will be divine connections. Spaces where they can truly see themselves the way you see them. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say. If you decided to listen to this week's message of Daxodea Central, we know that Jesus has placed something on your heart. So let's dive in.